Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. Here we are, sitting at the desk, got our Bibles open, ready for some Text Talk. Kicking off a new chapter and a new week. Yeah, we're looking at Matthew chapter 8 this week. What are you going to read for us today? I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. I will be reading from the English Standard Version. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Um, So it said in verse 1, they come down from a mountain. What mountain were they on? Well, I don't know the specific mountain, but I believe this was the mountain from where he preached that sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount. So yeah. it's the Sermon on the Mount mountain. It's the Sermon on the Mount mountain. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's an idea on the northern part of the Sea of Galilee what mountain face that was. But uh, you know, in our text, we I understand seen in Matthew five they went up on a mountain, and now when we come to eight, they are coming down from the mountain. I I do understand that if that particular mountain you just referenced is not the right one. You can see the right one from there. That's what they tell you. That's exactly right. This wasn't exactly where Jesus sat. You can see it from here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he's come down from the mountain, and crowds are following him. So they had they had seen his authority. They'd heard his authority, and they're respecting it. And now they're following after him. You know, they're not just breaking up and oh, the teaching's done. I'm leaving. They're following him. So isn't that something that he's been doing all of this teaching? Uh, as one with authority. And what we have here in Matthew chapter 8 from your reading and then the rest of the reading is a series of demonstrations of power, miraculous power, which would go right along with confirming his word is the word of God, the word of the Father. Not only do we see the demonstrations of his miraculous power, but one of the other things I think we should be recognizing and watching for are the demonstrations of faithful response. Mm -hmm. Those who, because they have accepted his authority, respond to him in faith and submission and surrender. Absolutely. Um, What what did the ESV say in verse 2 about how the leper met him? All right. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean knelt before him. So the way the New King James renders that is worshipped him. Okay. Uh, but it's probably the word proskuneo. I didn't it look it probably, up, but it probably, yeah, probably is, is. proskuneo. Mm-hmm. This idea of him humbling himself before Jesus, coming near to Jesus. And what we're bowing told Bowing and prostrating. Yeah, bowing and prostrating, which really Jews didn't do except for God. Right. Right. Supposed to worship God and God alone. Uh, But he comes with these words, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Uh, I think he wants to be cleansed of his leprosy. Who wouldn't? But he doesn't say to him, Jesus, will you heal me, please? I find that fascinating as well. That's one of the things that stood out to me as I was reading this again, that it's not a request. It's not a question. It is merely a statement of faith. Just like I was talking about a moment ago, the idea of seeing these faith-filled responses. 
He comes to Jesus, and it's a declaration. Here's what I believe about you. I believe you have the authority. I believe you have the authority to cleanse me of my leprosy. The big question on my mind is, is not, do you have the authority? Not, do you have the power? But do you have the willingness? Yeah. He really does treat Jesus like the Lord. Hmm. He bows before him or kneels. He addresses him as Lord. And then he makes it all contingent upon the goodwill of the Lord. If you will it, it can be done. Just all of a sudden, I am thinking of the the situation that happened with Israel right after they crossed the Red Sea and um, where it points out that God is our healer. Mm. Yeah, what was that? What was the word for that one? Do you remember? Ah, I wish I could Sorry. remember that. But he says, you know, Yahweh, you are our healer, the God who heals us. I got to go back and find that passage now. But oh yeah, the bitter water made sweet. It's in Exodus oh, okay. chapter fifteen. Okay, Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. They went to the wilderness of Shur. They went three days. Of course, they had the water that they couldn't drink, and so they threw the log in it. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. The Lord your healer. Here is this statement from this leper mm-hmm. who is equating Jesus with the mm-hmm. Lord. I you have that authority or a, at least a servant yeah. of the Lord. I believe the Lord at at the very least the Lord is working through you or here you are the Lord our healer. And what a great connection you make too because in the words through Moses he talked about not putting diseases on you, you know, as the Egyptians had been afflicted and they had been afflicted with boils, right? Various skin diseases. Mm-hmm. Skin diseases like leprosy were were a big deal to the Jews, yes, and it was a sign of an uncleanness and something that, particularly in the book of Leviticus, we are given two chapters, chapter 13 and chapter 14, where God set forth laws about the leper, okay. about the leper himself, about uh, if leprosy comes into your house or your household, even garments worn by lepers. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Um, now, what I wanted to highlight, though, is that if it was determined by the priest that you had leprosy, it was going to severely alter your life and your lifestyle. All right? Uh, You were to live outside the camp. In Leviticus 13 and verse 45, it says, Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn, his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry unclean unclean he shall be unclean all the days he has the sore he shall be unclean he is unclean he shall dwell alone his dwelling shall be outside the camp is covering his mustache meaning that he had to wear a mask oh wow yeah he was having to cover his face wasn't he yeah interesting my point being though in in reviewing those things is that to be a leper meant to be cut off and estranged. And while there's contemplation in Leviticus 13 and 14 about a cleansing and sacrifice being made uh, on behalf, uh, here's this fellow, and he's appealing to Jesus for all of it. You can cleanse me. I can come back into fellowship with my people. I, I don't have to 
cover myself and live outside and call out how I'm unclean and, and be this pariah and cast off. I mean, when you cleanse the leprosy, you're saving my life. I go back to kind of backing up this idea of worship and kneeling and the fact that this is a declaration rather than a request. And we can see his words are worshipful words. I am saying you are able, you are you are able to accomplish this. No doubt there is a request within the declaration. Um, think about just that moment, how long after he's made that declaration, that moment must have felt to that leper. Yeah. How is Jesus going to respond? Mm-hmm. Did uh, did those laws say anything about what would happen if you touched a leper or touched anything that had well, touched a leper? You were then un- made unclean as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what does Jesus do? Yeah. No, I think that's remarkable. In verse three, it says, Jesus put out his hand and touched him, yeah. saying, I am willing, be cleansed. You know, there is a parable that's used later among the prophets as they talked about the idea that, uh, you know, if something holy touches something unclean, mm-hmm. it, it the holy thing becomes unclean. Yeah. However, what we have here is actually a statement and demonstration of the holiness of Jesus. His holiness is so profound and so pure and so complete that when he reaches out and touches the one who is unclean, rather than Jesus becoming unclean, the leper becomes clean. Mm -hmm. He is cleansed. Mm -hmm. Here is this absolutely fascinating demonstration of power that Jesus is holy. He is the Lord. An uncorruptible holiness. And how powerful is that? When John the Baptist would identify him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the sacrificial lambs had to be without spot and without blemish. I noticed that Jesus says to him after he's healed, don't go tell anyone. I noticed that too. Go to the priest. Let the priest do what he says and what he's supposed to do. Let him make the declaration, but don't go tell anyone. And I... We've already made the connection back to the Sermon on the Mount, and the first thing that comes to my mind with that is, do you remember that section where Scripture said, or where Jesus said, don't don't perform your righteousness in order to be seen by others, actually try to keep it secret? Hmm. And for the first time ever, as I'm thinking about what Jesus did when he performed these miracles, I, you know, he didn't, he didn't necessarily make sure nobody could see, but he also... Didn't go out of his way to make sure, look, I want you to I want you to make me popular. I want you to get this out there. You've got to go share this news with everyone. Even Jesus kind of lived by this rule of we're we're keeping we're keeping the lid on this. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a great point that he was not doing these deeds to be seen by men. Yeah. And yet at the same time He was. It needed to be communicated. Yeah. And so you have the gospel writers declaring this that, so that we all know it. We all know it happened. Yeah. So when you have someone that's doing mighty stuff like Jesus, though he though he uh, attempts and tries to keep a lid on it, it's so amazing and powerful the light just shines anyway. Yeah. That's that's a wonderful thing. It reminds me of Paul when he was making one of his defenses and he makes the point these things were not done in a corner. They weren't done in a corner. <laughs> weren't done in a corner. People know about it. I think about this issue with this leper and I think it comes on to us. It it uh, it applies to me and it applies to you because this business of being cleansed, I don't have leprosy, but the sin in my life is certainly defiling, mm-hmm. disruptive, destructive, destroying. And what we find here is that it's actually not a question of either Jesus' power Mm -hmm. or his 
willingness. He says his response to this leper is, I will Mm -hmm. be clean. I want this. I want you to be clean. And that what we learn from this is that Jesus really wants to cleanse people. Doesn't that go back also into the Sermon on the Mount? We have a good Father who wants to give us good gifts. Good gifts. And here this leper has come, and Jesus says, yeah, that's what I want. I want to give you good gifts. I want to bless you. I want to grow you. I want to cleanse you. When we come to the Lord, seeking his kingdom, asking excuse me, asking for his salvation, asking for his deliverance, asking for his cleansing. He wants to give it to Mm -hmm. us. Praise God. So the question isn't about his ability or his desire. Mm -hmm. It's about, will I come in faithful submission and surrender? Will I come offering my allegiance and my obeisance and worship? Will I come and worship him and cast myself on his mercy and grace? Because he's willing. And in that trust, he saves us and he saves our entire life. Amazing. Amazing. We appreciate so much uh, you joining us for Text Talk today. Looking forward to many more conversations about Matthew chapter 8 this week. Uh, sharing the conversation going on over at the Facebook group. Or send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. A great God and Father, we thank you for another day that you've given us, amazed again at the power of Christ and the willingness of Christ to heal us, to make us whole. Father, we pray that we might choose this day to humble ourselves before you in seeking your kingdom and seeking salvation that is only in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.